Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler, this is Strong Opinion Sports, and today is Monday, January 8th. Oh, it's good to be back, it's good to be home. I'm here in Pullman, Washington, where I attend college, and I have a great show planned for you guys today. Currently, it is about 11 p.m. on Monday night. Um, I made a decision to push back the show today because I wanted to talk about the national championship. How about that game? Oh my goodness, that was incredible. You know, I expected two storylines in this game. I really expected. I knew either way, if Bama won, we'd be talking about Nick Saban. And if Georgia won, we'd be talking about Jake Frum. They're both good storylines. You know, Nick Saban got his sixth national championship tonight. And Jake Frum is a true freshman, the quarterback for Georgia. But how about the unexpected storyline? This is how great this game was. We knew Nick Saban, Jake Frum was going to be a great storyline. What we didn't expect was Tua Tagvailoa. That, oh, that made this an, uh, an incredible national championship and a game that it, uh, we're going to talk about for years to come. It was a ton of fun. Was I surprised that Tua Tagvailoa was successful? No. No, not at all. I, I, I didn't expect him to play today, but I knew that when he eventually got in, he would be very successful. It's funny, about, I don't know, two months ago maybe, I watched, because he played uh, against, I believe, some game they blame a blue people out, like Texas A&M or something like that. Uh, Tua did get in the game, and he looked fantastic. And I knew this guy back from the Elite 11 days. I knew, a Tua, was, I knew Tua was a great quarterback. Um, and I always compared him to... Russell Wilson. It's funny. I almost made a, a video about him about two months ago. You know, Alabama's next quarterback. And I wish I had back then because I would have looked like a genius. Uh, but this guy really compares to me to Russell Wilson. And, and here's the, the key comparison is Russell Wilson runs to extend plays. He doesn't run to run. He runs so he can throw the ball downfield. Tua Tagvailoa is a quarterback that can run. And that's the big difference between Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagvailoa. Tua Tagvailoa, again, is a quarterback that can run, as where Jalen Hurts, the quarterback uh, who has been the quarterback for Alabama all year, is a running quarterback. You call plays for Jalen Hurts to run, where Tua is a great passer downfield. He runs so he can extend plays and throw the ball downfield. Um, I, <laughs> I was blown away. It was a ton of fun. I'm sure Tua's parents are incredibly proud of him. It was an awesome, what a great game. Now, one of the keys to this game uh, actually is Jalen Hurts. We may not think that we know I know Tua stole the spotlight we're all talking about Tua today he killed it he was the MVP of the game undoubtedly um, but remember for Tua Tagvailoa to be successful you had to have support and it's I've, I've been the quarterback on the sidelines not playing it's not fun it's hard to root for the guy that's playing it, it really is it's very difficult and I want to give a tip of the cap to Jalen Hurts I want to I want to extend that because you got to be very clear the guy had so much class Jalen Hurts is a coach's son, and he really he showed it tonight. He played, he had class. He was rooting for Tua Tagvailoa. He clearly just wanted to win the game, and I am so impressed by Jalen Hurts. I wanted to extend that uh, gratitude. And that it's just it's really impressive to see a young man get pulled from a game and yet still be supportive of the guy who replaced him. And clearly, he just wanted to win the game. That's so cool. We can't forget Jake Frum. Jake Frum is the quarterback for Georgia. He's a true freshman. Wow. I mean, we can't forget about how good his performance was tonight. It wasn't perfect. He had two interceptions. I uh, didn't play great, but he looked poised. He looked up to the task and he gave Alabama a run for their money. And he really did. You can say what you want about the running game. You can say you can make all kinds of arguments. The truth is Jake from competed with Alabama's defense and he competed at a high level. And that is really cool. 
And I'm also really impressed with that kick in overtime. You know, I, I, the game, uh, Georgia got sacked, lost a ton of yardage. It was a really incredibly long field goal. And Georgia's kicker made the kick. He was up for the task. And that's the kind of what's impressive to me about this Georgia-Alabama game is I did not expect this to be that close of a football game. I thought, I mean, I knew, I just, what I didn't expect actually was how high scoring this would be. We all thought this was going to be the Jaguars and Bills we saw this last weekend, a low scoring defensive battle. And it was far from that. A ton of passing, a ton of throws downfield, uh, running definitely, but not as much as I expected. And that was so really cool to watch. I, I loved it. This game was a ton of fun. It really... This game reminded me of the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl from earlier this year in February. Uh, if you remember, here, here's why. The first half was competitive. Even though Georgia was beating Alabama, the first half was incredibly competitive. The difference was Alabama was not making plays. And once Alabama started making plays downfield and playing better defense, uh, look, the game Alabama won the game once they started making plays. Reminds me of the Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl. I want to, there was a key play, it was the first play of the game, how intense the and how high a level of football this was. I mean, we saw gang tackling, we saw great defense being played, and in spite of great defense being played, these two fr- true freshmen, 18-year-old, maybe 19-year-old quarterbacks, tore it up. It was, it was fantastic. It was incredible. It was a ton of fun to watch, um, but do not forget, the key to this game, we can talk about Nick Saban, we can talk about Jake Frum, the key to this game was... Tua Tagvailoa and the fact that Jalen Hurts supported Tua Tagvailoa as he went into the game. He's a quarterback who can run, but he's not a running quarterback. I think Tua is the future of Alabama. And I think both Jake Frum and Tua Tagvailoa, I believe this, they are the future quarterbacks of the NFL. We'll see Jake Frum, he's up for the task. He can deliver in big moments. We saw it all season. We saw it again tonight. And Tua, Tua can run the ball. He can extend plays. He's very similar to Russell Wilson, and that is exciting to watch. What a great football game. Congratulations to Nick Saban on his sixth national championship. That's unprecedented. That's, that's really incredible. I uh, love him or hate him. You got to respect what Alabama has done in the last, you know, my lifetime, my last 20 years. It's, it's really, um, in the Nick Saban era, it's unbelievable what Alabama has been able to accomplish. Uh, we have a great show ahead. I'm really, really excited. There's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stories to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad I pushed the show back so I could talk about the national championship. I think that will pay off. You know, about two hours, I'll put out my national championship reaction. That's going to do really well on YouTube. I truly believe that. That's awesome. Uh, watching the the NFL playoffs this weekend, I think I finally figured out what Alex Smith is. We'll talk about that later down the road. Um, I was very wrong about the Rams. I completely miscalculated something. I'm excited to talk about that. And for the first time ever, for the first time in my entire life, I'm going to defend Cam Newton. There's good stuff coming up. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. It's coming to Spotify and Google Play later this week. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips, videos about the Patriots, about Jimmy Garoppolo, my national championship reaction. You can find Strong Opinion Sports on YouTube. We are growing like crazy. The reason why we are growing is because you guys have been continuing to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share this with your friends. Share it on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, face-to-face, whatever it is. You like Strong Opinion Sports. Tell your friends about that. We are growing at unprecedented rates. Um, I finally monetized the channel this week. It's it's really cool. I'm really excited, and uh, I'm I'm actually... 
I'm hoping to get my first sponsor very soon. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Continue to share this with your friends. The podcast numbers are really high. The YouTube numbers are going up. And I am so, oh, I'm so excited to continue to chase my dreams and, and doing what I love making this podcast. I want to talk about Wildcard Weekend. It was it was a great weekend of NFL football. I I, I loved it. I, I really uh, enjoy the NFL playoffs. I mean, I love, I prefer the NFL, the college already. And Wildcard Weekend really delivered. Wildcard Weekend was fantastic. Uh, the biggest game, the most interesting game to me was the Titans and Chiefs game. The Titans uh, beat the Chiefs 22 to 21. After the Chiefs were up, by the way, 21 to three at halftime, the Titans were able to battle back, take the lead and win that game. And uh, this was a, this was a bat. This, this was not as much a reflection on the Titans as much as it was just a really bad look for Andy Reid, Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs. Most of all, though, most of all, this just made Alex Smith look really, really bad. Um, I heard someone talking about Alex Smith today, sharing their opinion, and it finally made me understand what Alex Smith is. This is what Alex Smith is. I'm going to tell you guys a story. When, when Strong Opinion Sports first started, it was highly, highly scripted. I, I was basically reading words off a teleprompter, word for word. Go back, watch the videos, listen to the podcast. I don't sound natural. I wasn't talking like a human being. And I realized that was a problem. I knew I needed to wean myself off of that, in, that codependency with the teleprompter. So what I did was I started, instead of writing word for word, I wrote bullet points. And now I barely, I mean, I have a couple like outlines, but it's really not as much as you would think. Um, and that's made me a better broadcaster. It's really, I knew I needed to wean myself off of that because if the teleprompter ever did break, I needed to be able to go with the flow and continue to talk. And so it's been, I think, better for me as a broadcaster. I'm still got a lot of work to go, but it was a great move ultimately to do that. Um, and I really, really think it was a, a beneficial thing. I, we all know a person who says, oh, it wasn't perfect conditions. They, you know, I, I was ready for my test and then I forgot my gum or I forgot this piece of paper or, you know, I didn't have my, my good gloves I needed so I couldn't catch the football. We all know someone who needs it to be exactly perfect. And if things aren't perfect conditions, they, they cannot be successful. Uh, and for, for Alex Smith this weekend, it was Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, star tight end. They're really fantastic all pro tight end. Got injured and left the game. And that completely threw Alex Smith off of his game. Um, and, and here's what Alex Smith is. I'm going to play a clip of what happens when you as a broadcaster do not know how to go off script. This is a guy in high school, in college, I believe at Kent State. Um, I, what I think happened is his teleprompter broke and he was unable to, he didn't know how to continue to talk about what was going on because uh, he was so dependent on the teleprompter. Here's what happens. Watch this clip. Week player on. It seems every week they have a player. The Indiana Pacers are looking for a measure of revenge tonight against the New Jersey Nets and to strengthen their playoff hopes. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it. And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> and boom goes the dynamite. It's it's really bad. It's I feel so bad for that guy. That's that's really terrible. But the truth is, Alex Smith is that guy. If you don't give Alex Smith exactly the perfect conditions he need, he needs he he can't be successful. He can't go off script. He's not ready for 
if it's not perfect conditions, he can't make it happen. You know, when I date a girl, I look for a girl who can handle and deal with adversity. Like if we're on our way to dinner and I get lost, I don't want a girl who freaks out next to me. If I, I want a girl who, if it screw, if, if Google Maps map screws up, they're calm, they're collected, they can deal with unscripted events happening. Um, and I look for the same thing in a quarterback. You want a quarterback who is not so dependent on the perfect conditions that he can't be successful. Alex Smith's a great quarterback. Alex Smith can win you games in the NFL, but he's too dependent on having the conditions be perfectly. He cannot go off script, and that that was why Alex Smith will always be limited um, in his play in the NFL. I love Alex Smith. He can win you games. I don't know that he can win you a Super Bowl for that reason because late in you know November, late in December, early in January, you need a guy who can play in any conditions and be successful. So I love Alex Smith, but I really... I stuck with him for a long time, and I, I'm I'm completely done with Alex Smith. I think he's a third-tier quarterback that can win you games in the NFL. He can't win you a Super Bowl, no matter what you put around him. I mean, as is evidence this season, the Chiefs are maybe the best roster in the entire NFL, and he still could not make it happen. So I love you, Alex Smith, but I'm complete, I'm out on Alex Smith. I, I, I'm done. Alex Smith, in the words of Donald Trump, you're fired. <laughs> I, can't believe, I can't believe I made that reference. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, what I'm left with after this weekend is one big question. Should the Kansas City Chiefs continue to have Alex Smith on their roster? Should the Chiefs get rid of Alex Smith this offseason or not? Um, my first response is yes. Alex Smith is a good quarterback. He can win you games. And it's hard to get rid of a quarterback who can win you games. Because what you don't want in the NFL is to have no quarterback. Look at the Browns. Look at... Uh, I mean, a lot of teams, if you don't have a quarterback, the Dolphins this year had Jay Cutler. It wasn't great. The Jets for years have not had a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you cannot win games. And that is what you're in danger of. If you get rid of Alex Smith, you won't have a quarterback. Uh, and, And to be honest, Alex Smith is not the only problem the Kansas City Chiefs have. You know, it's not all Alex Smith's fault. The defense has has a lot of struggles. They're not for all their talent on their roster, they are not one of the better, most productive defenses in the NFL. Um, and don't forget, Alex Smith still has one year left on his contract. So here's my my big overarching thought about Alex Smith is this. We will learn a lot about Patrick Mahomes, the backup quarterback uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, based on what the Chiefs do with Alex Smith this offseason. Patrick Mahomes, if you don't remember, uh, the Chiefs traded up to get Alex Smith or to get Patrick Mahomes in the first round of the NFL draft early in the first round last season. And it he's, he's kind of assumed to be their quarterback of the future. Everyone thinks he's the succession plan. And what is the next step for the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm not convinced. I, we'll see. He played in week 17. He was okay. Um, we have yet, he is, he's yet to prove himself. And again, Alex Smith has one year left. Here's what I believe will happen. If Patrick Mahomes is the future quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, they will trade Alex Smith away. They will trade him away immediately. Even if it's a little early for Patrick Mahomes, even if there's he needs more time to develop, if he's the guy, they will trade Alex Smith and get whatever value they can for him. If the Kansas City Chiefs keep Alex Smith on their roster, if they don't trade him away for a draft pick or for whatever they can get him for, for whatever value they have, they will be sending us a clear message that they do not have a lot of confidence going down the road in Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, if, again, if, if they really believe in Patrick Mahomes, I challenge the Chiefs, I truly believe 
They need to trade away Alex Smith. Get whatever they can for him before his contract is up and you lose any chance of trading him for value. Because um, right now, he's, he's still got good stock. If he does terrible next year and you have to play Patrick Mahomes, his stock goes way down. You get nothing for him. So if you really believe in Patrick Mahomes, you will trade away Alex Smith. And if you don't trade away Alex Smith, it's a clear message. You don't have a lot of belief in Patrick Mahomes. It should be a very, very interesting offseason. I cannot wait to see what happens in Kansas City. It's just a, a very fascinating and interesting situation uh, with their two quarterbacks. and with their They have a talented roster, and they're just... They're just lacking a little bit in quarterback play. Alex Smith, I love him. He's great. He can't go off script. He can't quite get them over the hump. And if Patrick Mahomes is that guy, even if he's not quite ready yet, if you believe in Patrick Mahomes, you need to go to him right now. Trade away Alex Smith, get some draft picks, and move to Patrick Mahomes this very minute. Uh, We have a great show. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I was very wrong about the LA Rams uh, last episode. And there's one thing in particular I would completely miscalculated on, and I want to touch on that. I'm very excited to share the one thing I was very much wrong about with the Los Angeles Rams. And later, for the first time in my entire life, I am going to defend Cam Newton. It feels weird. It feels wrong. I've never been much of a Cam Newton believer. Uh, and for the first time again in my entire life, I have a reason to defend Cam Newton. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Again, it's coming to Google Play and Spotify later this week. I'm very, very excited for that. You can find the full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. We are growing like crazy on YouTube, on iTunes, everywhere. I can't believe how fast our audience is going up. Um, And I'm so very excited. Continue to share Strong Opinion Sports with your friends. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about it face-to-face, over Twitter, over Facebook, whatever it is. However you're watching this, Share the link on whatever social media you use. It would be greatly appreciated. I would love it. It would help us grow. And I need your help. That's my marketing plan. I continue to go through the people that love this show. If you love this show, please share this with your friends. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I will be right back. All right, I am back. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. It was a crazy weekend for me. If you doubt my dedication, let me tell you about my weekend. So on Friday night, I dropped off my buddy Brandon at the airport at 11 p.m. He was flying back to Dallas, Texas. Then Saturday morning, I recorded and posted my podcast to YouTube and SoundCloud and iTunes and everywhere else. Then Saturday night, I packed up my car, and it took forever to pack up all the equipment I used. My entire car, my little tiny red Corolla, was packed to the brim. I couldn't see out the back. The side passenger seat was filled up. It was pretty crazy. Packed up my car, drove seven hours to Pullman, Washington. I pulled into Pullman at 6.30 in the morning, unpacked my car, Went to work at a basketball game, game at 9 in the morning. Then I got back from work, set up my room, all this equipment, till 4 in the morning. Had class at 9 a.m. to this morning on Monday. And here I am now, hours later, finally recording a podcast. I put my heart and soul into this podcast. So I, I really appreciate you listening. I hope you know how much this means to me. Uh, this is my favorite thing in the entire world. I, I want to talk now about the Rams-Falcons game. I, I love the NFL playoffs. And I predicted... I actually predicted the Rams to make it to the Super Bowl. And I was, I was very dead wrong on one thing. Uh, here's the one thing I miscalculated on. I knew the Rams were inexperienced. They only had like four players on their entire roster who had played in the playoffs before. They have a rookie head coach, Sean McVay. They have a second-year young quarterback, uh, Jared Goff. They have a lot of young players, and they're a roster that's clearly building. They're, some of their best players are rookies. I thought their inexperience and lack of age 
would not catch up to them until the Super Bowl. I, I was wrong. I was totally wrong. And, and I was stupid to believe that. I, you know, the Rams are young and they're going to struggle in big moments because they've never been there before. Anytime you do something for the first time, it takes you a little bit of time to acclimate. We saw a lot of mistakes made by the Rams. And I think a lot of that was just the moment was really big for them. They'd never been in a situation like that. And you're playing a very experienced Atlanta Falcons team who just lost the Super Bowl. They've been in the playoffs many, many times. And I just think inexperience and the lack of age caught up to the Rams. I, I, I was wrong. I miscalculated. I just thought their age wouldn't catch up to them till they got to the Super Bowl. I miscalculated. It was very wrong, very stupid. Um, the Rams will be back. The Rams are young. They are just getting started. They have a great head coach. I, I really believe in Jared Goff. I loved what I saw from him. Jared Goff was... He had a lot of pressure in his face. He was stepping up, making plays, moving around in the pocket. He just does his thing. And Jared Goff really is a great NFL quarterback. He's not top tier. He's definitely got room to improve. But he's a, I think, going to be someday. His potential is kind of around Matt Ryan levels where he's a good quarterback. He's skinny. He looks like Matt Ryan. And I think he really is a, a more accurate passer than Matt Ryan. So he's got a lot of potential. I'm very, very excited for him. And again, Pressure doesn't bother him. We saw Blaine Gabbert years ago come out, and he couldn't handle a pass rush. If you hit him in the mouth, he, he really took a step back. He couldn't handle the pass rush. Jared Goff is up for the task, and that's a big deal. Now, my next thought about the Rams-Falcons game is that the Falcons are really, really scary. They're the one playoff team. I, it's kind of a wild card, ironically a wild card. I don't know what I'd, what I'd do with the Falcons because— you know, they, they were a sixth seed in the playoffs. They didn't play that great uh, all off all season. But I have a theory. I think the reason why the Falcons struggled to find their rhythm all off season, all season is, first of all, they got a new offensive coordinator um, just last year when Kyle Shanahan left the Falcons. It took them time to kind of this season to get it figured out and get into a rhythm. But the truth is, I mean, they got embarrassed. They got they lost the Super Bowl in a historic fashion. And when something bad happens to you, you know, my brother died two years ago. It takes it out of you. It takes time to recuperate and recover and get back on your feet. And I think that is what we saw with the Falcons. It took them like half a season to just recover from losing the Super Bowl the way they did. They were so heartbroken and destroyed. It just took them time to get back into rhythm, get back on their feet. Let me tell you, the Falcons are by far, far and away the most interesting team in the NFL playoffs. Like, it's not even close. So in, in middle school, a guy I went to a school with got slapped in the face. In the middle of the cafeteria, everybody's watching. Chris gets slapped really hard right in the face. Um, and it's funny, the next day, everyone could not... I mean, the whole entire school, all like... It was like a thousand of us. I don't know how many people were in my middle school. But we were just... Everyone... It was like a buzz. Everyone's talking about it. Have you seen Chris? Do you see Chris? Have you seen Chris anywhere? And we just could not wait to hear from Chris, to see how Chris would respond to that embarrassing, shameful moment. Remember, the Falcons got embarrassed in front of everybody, in front of the entire world on national TV. That sticks with you. That is why the Falcons are so interesting, to see how they respond to that horrible, shameful, embarrassing loss. And the Falcons are motivated by revenge. The Falcons not only want to play the Patriots again, they want to get back to the Super Bowl. They want to prove themselves. I, I think they... Because of that swing, because of the way they're motivated, they are the most dangerous and the scariest team in the NFL. They're not the most talented right now. The Saints, I think, are better. The Vikings have a better roster. The Steelers have a lot more stars. But the Falcons, 
the psychology of the Falcons right now, what's motivating them, the way they're playing, they're red hot. They're kind of like the Chargers were at the end of the year. They're just playing fantastic football. I think they finally figured it out. They got over their Super Bowl loss and they finally brought it all together. Kind of like me. Again, I took after my brother died, it took me a year. I worked at a car wash. I dropped out of college before I worked in L.A. I figured out what I wanted to do and I got back on my feet. That is what happened with the Falcons. The Falcons have figured it out. They're back to the shape they were at the end of last year when they got to the Super Bowl. The Falcons are really scary. Keep your eyes out for the Falcons. They are looking for revenge. All right, I want to defend Cam Newton. Uh, It feels, I, I do not like Cam Newton. I'm not a fan of Cam Newton. It feels weird to even use the word defend and Cam Newton in the same sentence. I, I just, I'm not a Cam Newton guy. I don't like him. I, I don't, I don't like him and I don't think he's that great. I think he's often very overrated. We saw this weekend the, the Panthers lost to the Falcons. Falcons lost to the, what am I saying? The Panthers lost to the Saints. 26 to 31 uh, last weekend in the NFC wildcard round. And, you know, I've always been very, very critical of Cam. But Cam Newton did something that I, as a competitor, as a former quarterback, I just, I cannot respect Cam Newton enough for what he did this weekend. Uh, Let's be very clear. We're going to talk about now Cam Newton's concussion symptoms and the way the Panthers violated the concussion protocol. Um, But I want to be very clear. Head injuries, concussions, it's a very serious problem. I do not want to glorify, uh, the. Uh, I don't want to glorify avoiding concussion symptoms at all. That's not my intent. Uh, but it does happen. That's the reality of football. It happens all the time. I got hit once in the head really hard in football, and I, and I knew something was going on, and I said, I want to I play. This is a big, important game to me. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my spot. And I, I didn't come out of the game. I didn't tell anybody what was going on. In hindsight, that's really stupid. You should talk to someone if you're if you're feeling like something's wrong with your head. You should get help. But the truth is, it happens all the time. And I we cannot fault anyone for leaving a game early. You know, if you're if your head's messed up, get out of the football game. But what Cam did is Cam came back in, and that is incredibly gutsy. If you gave me a list of people in the beginning of the season, this guy is having head problems. And he's going to stay in the game. Cam Newton is maybe the last person I would pick to do that. We saw, remember, a couple years ago in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, the last game of the season, Cam Newton fumbles the ball, the ball's on the ground, and he didn't even, he didn't even try to get the ball back. And when he asked afterwards about that, Cam Newton said, I, I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to dive into the pile. Dude, it's a Super Bowl. You're, what do you mean you don't want to get hurt? If you're going to get hurt, this doesn't. Ma- this is the last game of the year. This is the only time it's okay to leave a game injured because if you can't walk, you're playing until you can't walk. It's a Super Bowl. So I, I figured Cam Newton is kind of a flake. I've always felt that way. I don't like him very much. Um, but Cam Newton came back in the game, and he looked. The guy had he had some kind of problems. I mean, the guy looked out of it. But Cam Newton had a gutsy performance. He came back in the game. He played really well. Cam Newton played really well against the Saints this weekend, and I just wanted to, you know, everyone's criticizing the Panthers for the way they handled the situation. We'll get to that in a minute, but I want to tip my cap to Cam Newton as a competitor, as a former quarterback, to have the guts to come back in at a moment like that. That's incredible. That's I I, uh, I don't want to glorify that at all. It's not smart if you're having head injuries. Don't come back into the game. But what Cam Newton did was really gutsy and. Um, I just, I, I, ha- I have to say it's, I, I, I'm not a Cam Newton fan. I often criticize him. That was impressive. And that was, um, the opposite of what a flake would do. Um, so again, I, I just, I, I don't know how to, how to say this in a political correct way, but I was really 
impressed with Cam Newton this weekend. I thought he did a great job. And I think, you know, we're we're giving we're being a little hard on the Panthers. Because again, it happens. If your best player gets injured, he's gonna do everything he can to continue to play, especially a quarterback. Now, I have a solution to the way that the NFL handles their concussion protocol because the Panthers obviously and egregiously violated the NFL's concussion protocols. And the way the concussion protocol works now is if you if you do not follow them, if you violate them, the the franchise gets a the franchise of the player, I'm not sure. I think it's a franchise gets a $100,000 fine. That's a joke. That's a it's less than a slap on the wrist. If you're, you know, if you're in trouble for something, if you drunk drive and they just slap you on the wrist, it's not going to do anything. You don't care. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I can go home. I can continue to drive home. You need to have consequences for uh, people that do not follow safety protocols. So what I think should happen is the NFL needs to make this a steep, steep fine, like a $3 million fine. If you're going to have a player not go through concussion protocols, you got to pay the price. It's got to be a big deal, and it's got to be a very tough decision. Um, you know, again, I, I did this once. I think that... If you're going to have a guy come back in the game, you got to deal with the problems. Because the truth is, there's no, there is really no safe way to play football. Let's be very honest. It's a dangerous sport. It, it's a lot of collision. You're hit, have a lot of head-to-head head contact. It's, it's just not, there's not a safe way to play football. But if you're going to violate the, the concussion protocols, if you're not going to follow the rules, A, you got to know the consequences. You got to know what you're getting into. When I went back into the football game in high school, I knew what I was getting into, but I knew I, this was a moment that meant so much to me. I'm not coming out right now. Not at all. And you got to know the consequences if you're Cam Newton, and you got to know the consequences if you are the franchise. Well, you're going to pay a steep, steep fine. You know, if an if average wide receiver gets injured, you're going to follow concussion protocol because you got to, you're like, we can't, we're not going to pay $3 million for Ted Ginn Jr., like for this average wide receiver. But again, if your best player gets injured, if Brian Urlacher or Ray Lewis or Cam Newton gets injured and they're, they are determined to continue to play the game and they're begging, they're saying, you know, I, it's a tough thing, I think, if you're going to violate it. Because we've seen the Seahawks now violate it. We've seen the Panthers violate it. Right, wrong, or indifferent, people are going to violate concussion protocol, make the penalty incredibly steep to make it so teams aren't quite as incentivized to continue to play their players when they're showing concussion symptoms. It's got to be a very, if you're going to break concussion protocol, it's got to be a very, very steep, very harsh penalty. All right. I want to move on. I want to get away from the, I'm scared. You know, it's, it scares me to talk about concussion protocol because it's a, it's a touchy subject. I don't want to offend anyone, but the reality is football is dangerous and people do that all the people break concussion protocol all the time. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. In fact, if you are showing concussion symptoms, do not stay in the football game. It's bad for your brain. It's, it's really dangerous, but it happens. And it, it, we got to, instead of looking at it with an, an ideal view, the reality is it happens. How do we change the system so that it discourages it? And how do we deal with it the best way possible? So I'm terrified to talk about concussions, but that is the honest truth. That is probably the best way to deal with the situation. Make the penalty incredibly, incredibly steep. Let's shift gears. I want to talk about Josh Rosen. So I, I read an article today. It was by, oh, I wrote it down somewhere. I'm gonna, it doesn't matter. It was, it was on NBC Sports. I wish I had the article, uh, the guy who wrote the article. It, I'll put it here probably. It drove me nuts. It was, it was titled Josh Rosen to the Broncos and other predictions. And it just, it was ridiculous and outrageous. And I want to debunk that theory right away. So the Broncos have the fifth overall pick, which means that Ironically, actually, only three teams. The, the Browns pick twice. Three teams are going to pick before the Broncos get the chance. 
The Giants are going to pick Josh Rosen. The Browns are going to pick Sam Darnold. And if you don't have that on your board, if you don't believe that's what's going to happen, you're dead wrong. I'm sorry. But those two LA quarterbacks from USC and uh, UCLA, they're going to get picked one and two. Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, they're going the number one and number two overall back to back. And that is the truth. That is what is going to happen. By the time the Broncos get on the board with the fifth overall pick, Josh Rosen's going to be gone. He won't be there. And if you don't believe that's the truth, you're in, I, I, I just, I question your integrity. I think, honestly, this article was, it was really good clickbait. It was an interesting read, uh, but there's no way, there is no way that happens. And part of the, someone made the argument, well, you know, the, the Giants general manager committed to Eli Manning. He said, I love Eli Manning. He's my quarterback. I don't care. Of course you say that to the media. People lie to the media all the time. The Patriots came out right now and said, there's no problem with us. There's clearly problems, but you're going to lie to the media. That's what you do all the time. Eli Manning's an old quarterback. His time is done. You may never again get a second overall pick in the next 15 years, especially if you commit to Eli, you want to reset, you want to hit the reset button and continuing to commit to Eli Manning actually pushes the Giants farther back. You have the second overall pick. There's a quarterback right there. You would be a fool if you don't pick Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold as the New York Giants. You're making a huge, grave mistake. So whoever wrote that article, I, I wish I remembered his name. I don't. You're dead wrong. It was stupid. If you don't have Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold going one and two, I don't know what to do about you. You're, you're totally dead wrong. I want to revisit something. I I, uh, I missed something about Cam Newton. I want to talk about that next. Uh, the one, The one way I will not defend Cam Newton... I had this in my notes, so I forgot to talk about it. And, and Screw it. I'm just going to go back to it. Everyone is making the argument that Cam Newton doesn't have, he doesn't have great wide receivers. So they're saying, oh, Cam Newton, you know, his, the problem is his receivers aren't that great. Uh, are, are you kidding me? Are, are you serious? That, that's your great argument for why Cam Newton's a great quarterback. This is why, you know, I thought Cam Newton had a gutsy performance this weekend. I thought he played really well. He's not a great quarterback. He's not the quarterback everyone wants him to be. We defend him all the time. We put him on this pedestal. He's not. You can say he doesn't have great wide receivers, but that's a a flimsy, silly argument. Here's my counter to that. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo went to the 49ers roster, who has nobody. They're not a great roster. They're not a great wide receiving core. And he made them look like all-stars. The best quarterbacks in the league, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. In fact, Jimmy Garoppolo is now on that list. They elevate everybody around them. What Cam Newton is not able to do, when you make that argument that Cam Newton doesn't have great wide receivers, I saw this on Twitter everywhere. What you're saying is our quarterback, Cam Newton's not a top quarterback because he can't elevate the people around him. So, you know, I, I respect Cam Newton. I thought he had a good gutsy performance in the wild card round. He's not a great quarterback. That argument's very simple. Guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, they can elevate average wide receivers and still win games. So if you're saying, you know, Cam Newton doesn't have great wide receivers, you're just admitting the fact that he's not a top quarterback because he doesn't elevate the wide receivers around him. All right. Uh, I want to shift gears now to, I want to stay on Jimmy Garoppolo, actually. It's, it's kind of funny. You know, I, I keep seeing this article everywhere. It's, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not just one site either. It's a lot of websites are, are writing articles. You know, why Jimmy Garoppolo didn't go to the Cleveland Browns? Why are we still talking about this? Why is this still an issue for that everyone's talking about? It's over. It's like talking about your ex-girlfriend from two years ago. That relationship is done. It's over. It's time to move on. 
Jimmy Garoppolo found a home. He's playing quarterback now for the San Francisco 49ers, and he's fantastic. Jimmy Garoppolo's a great quarterback. And his he had a there was a brief window where maybe a couple of days it was it was healthy and acceptable to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Browns. But now that it's over, Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to the Browns. I don't care about him potentially going to the Browns. You're just having it's conspiracy theory now. You're you're throwing out all these what ifs. I don't care about what if. I had a guy growing up who'd always ask, it seemed like every time a teacher would say something. You can't do this, and you, you, they'd say all the rules. On, it was the first a syllabus day every time. In the first day of every class, you go through the syllabus. Every class, and, and it wasn't just syllabus. I mean, this is the whole year. This kid would say, well, what if this happens? I don't care what if happens. I don't care about that. You're making up some crazy hypothetical scenario that's not reality. I want to talk about reality. The reality is Jimmy Garoppolo is very happy with the San Francisco 49ers. I don't care about a what-if scenario. What if he'd gone to the Browns or why he didn't go to the Browns? It didn't happen. And it didn't happen for a reason. It didn't happen because Bill Belichick doesn't like the Cleveland Browns. So quit writing articles. It's Maybe they're getting clicks. If they're getting clicks, great for you. That's You're making money on it. I'm just so tired of seeing that same headline over and over and over again. Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to the Browns. He was never going to go to the Browns. I don't want to hear about how much the Patriots could have gotten for Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, it's it's over. It's done. It's a stupid comparison. It's not interesting to me because it's it's not reality. It's not what could it's what could have happened. And what could have happened is just it's over. It's the past. Quit talking about your ex-girlfriend that broke up with you two years ago. Let's move on to something new and fresh. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, um, I had a great conversation last night. And my friend pointed out, you know, maybe Tom Brady should retire. Maybe Tom Brady should actually step away from football at the end of this year, even though he is probably going to be the MVP this season. I also want to point out that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's relationship will not end well. It's going to end very poorly. And we're going to talk about the Bears' new head coach, Matt Nagy. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. It's coming to Spotify and Google Play later this week. I'm very excited about that. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find the best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. We're growing like crazy. That's because of you guys. You are sharing Strong Opinion Sports on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever it is. You're telling your friends about it face-to-face. Continue. Whatever you're watching this platform, whatever you're watching this podcast on or listening to it, Share a link, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. That is how we will continue to grow. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'll be right back. All right, I am back. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Uh, the big headline today, one of the many headlines from today, is that Matt Nagy, the former Chiefs offensive coordinator, was hired as the new Bears head coach. And that's very, very interesting and very exciting for me. I I love this hire. I love the Bears' decision to hire Matt Nagy as their new offensive coordinator. Uh, You know, so we've seen many, many times defensive coordinators do not— guys who are defensive-minded head coaches do not work with young quarterbacks. We've seen it now with Mitch Trubisky. We saw it last year with Jared Goff and Jeff Fisher— Look, if you're a young quarterback and you you want to you're looking if if you're a franchise with a young quarterback, you need to give them an offensive-minded coach who can help develop this quarterback. We've seen it over and over and over again. I would argue defensive coordinators, for the most part, there are a few exceptions to the rule, 
for the most part, defensive-minded head coaches do not work well with young quarterbacks. Um, so I think this is a great, great move for the Bears by getting Matt Nagy as their new head coach. He's an offensive-minded coach. He played quarterback at Delaware, which is actually where Joe Flacco went. He played for six years in the Arena Football League. Uh, Nagy understands what it means to play quarterback, and that's, that is great for Mitchell Trubisky. For the development of Mitchell Trubisky, him having an offensive-minded head coach is invaluable. You know, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Matt Nagy is the next Sean McVay. I don't know that he's the next great head coach in the NFL, but he's definitely a a good upgrade for the Bears. You know, I have a firm belief if you're not upgrading, you should not change coaches at all. You really shouldn't. You know, if you're not moving forward, you're just moving laterally and that's not a good move. And and for the Bears, Matt Nagy is definitely an upgrade at head, the head coach position. You know, Matt Nagy, he's coached under Andy Reid his entire career. He's a he's a, a pupil, a student of Andy Reid, and that's a good guy to have influence over you. You look at all the the guys that have worked with Andy Reid over the years, many, many coaches have gone on, like Doug Peterson right now with the Eagles. Many guys have coached under Andy Reid and done many a lot of good things because of his influence. He's an offensive-minded coach. Andy Reid's kind of a genius, and that, you know, his play calling and his ability to construct really good offensive play calling and offensive plays and a structure of an offense. I'm pretty sure that rubbed off on Matt Nagy. He's creative. He's awesome. He's smart. That's a really great hire for the Bears. And it's a great decision for the, for it's a great move to help Mitchell Derbisky. Again, this is why I don't support the Cowboys uh, wanting to fire Jason Garrett. You shouldn't. If you're not upgrading, you're not making your franchise better. And if you're not making your franchise better, there's no point. And the Bears definitely made their franchise better by hiring the former Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, now head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy. That's a great hire. It's good for Mitchell Trubisky, their young uh, quarterback going into his second year. It's a great move. I support it, and I love it. I think that's a great, fantastic hire, uh, and, and I'm really I'm excited to watch what happens. I'm excited to see what happens with Mitch Trubisky. Will he, I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to improve, and, and it's a great, great move. All right, yesterday I had a... I had a really fun conversation. It was weird. I, I uh, We talked about Tom Brady, and he made a, a an argument for why Tom Brady should retire. I don't necessarily believe in this theory, uh, but, it, but it made a lot of sense. And I, I thought it was interesting, very interesting, very engaging for me. And I want to talk about things that are interesting. So it's worth talking about. Should Tom Brady retire at the end of this season? Remember, Tom Brady is... Probably going to be the NFL MVP. He's had a great year. Not an not a amazing year, but a really good year. He's ending on a... If he, if he finishes his career at the end of this season, it's going to be a magical run. He played 18 years. He finished... He's probably going to uh, either make it to the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship, and that's awesome. He's going to finish on a really high note. Um, and it's, it's, it's possible that Tom Brady should quit while he's ahead. So my buddy made this comparison. He, he he's a, a nerd about stocks. He he's a, a very uh, he's a big time investor. Like he invests a lot in stocks. He has a a good portfolio. He's very proud. And recently he sold the stock Boeing. And here's what happened. He uh, he sold Boeing because Boeing was increasing a lot. And he said, "Look, we got to sell while it's high. We got to get value while we can." And they sold Boeing. Well, after he sold Boeing, Boeing stock continued to increase. Um, but but he has no regrets. I mean, he he could have held on to it. It was a risky move to hold on to it, though, because uh, it could have gone down. 
And if it had gone down, he would have lost money. So look, he, he improved his, he sold it for way more than he got it. It was a good investment. He's not upset about the, the potential for more money. It's like that happens. You got to make tough decisions. So he sold Boeing. He could have made more money, but he, he didn't take a risk. He, he decided to quit while he was ahead. That is a very similar parallel to Tom Brady. So Tom Brady has a decision at the end of this year. Just like you can sell Boeing stock or you can hold on to it to see if you can get more value out of it. Tom Brady can either retire at the end of this year, go out while he's on top, get as much value as, out of himself as he can, or he can try to keep pushing for it and to see how much more can I get out of my body. And the reason why this is very critical for Tom Brady is because of his TB12 method, the Tom Brady 12 method, you know, that his like cult diet and training program. All the TB12 method all hinges on one thing. It hinges on him being successful into his late later age. So if Tom Brady plays till he's 45, the stock of T, the TB12 method will skyrocket. He can say, "Look, it works." Tom Brady would be the best advertising campaign for the TB12 method, better than anything else, because the proof is in the pudding. And he would say, "Look." I played quarterback at a high level until I was 45, and that is thanks to my diet and my training program. That's pretty much bulletproof. I don't know that it's even right. I think there are a lot of other factors that are making Tom Brady play so long. I think he gets down pretty early. He doesn't take a lot of hits. Uh, he, he probably does. Eating right can't hurt you, certainly, but it's not the sole reason. But let's be honest. It would really help his business venture after the NFL if he played till he's 45. But it's a big risk. If Tom Brady continues to play after this season and his play dramatically declines, uh, that's that's really bad for the TB12 method. That would be like, instead of selling Boeing stock, well, it's worth a lot of money, it'd be like keeping Boeing stock and then it goes, it plummets way down and you lose a ton of money because you took a lot, you took a big risk by holding on to that stock. I just want to point out that, you know, Tom Brady's making, taking a gamble on his body. And I think it's the right bet. I think you have to gamble to win. I think the, the benefits of playing till you're 45 for his branding after the NFL, it's invaluable. Because if you quit now, you're like, well, you didn't actually prove that it works. So I think to prove it, you have to keep playing. But I thought it was an interesting argument where he said, hey, look, Tom Brady's TB12 method works. It's selling well. It's, it's worth money now. He could just quit while he's ahead. Say, look, I played till I was 41. I won a Super Bowl at the last season, last, uh, season of my career. So the TB12 method works. Just pointing out, it's interesting to me that, you know, quit while you're ahead. I, I think, again, you got to take risks to win. Uh, I, I, if I'm Tom Brady, I'm not going to retire. I don't think he's going to retire. But it was a conversation I thought was interesting. I thought it was worth pointing out that maybe, just maybe, Tom Brady should consider retiring and quitting while he's ahead. Uh, so that, that's that. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, I would now want to move on to, you know, Bill Belichick and Brady have been working together for 18 years. Let that sink in. You know how long that is? You can do it. I'm not going to get into it, but you know what you can do at 18 years old. How much? That's almost an entire lifetime. My brother is a senior in high school, and my younger brother has not been alive as long as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been working together. That's absolutely absurd. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. And I want to point out that the best relationships, the, the, think of the best relationship you've ever been in. How did it end? How did that breakup go? I'm going to argue that the best relationships rarely ever end well. If it's, if it's that great and it's going to come to an end, uh, it's going to be messy. It's going to be ugly. 
yeah, if if both people, if you're both, if you break up and you're both friends afterwards, so you're like, oh yeah, it was fine. Yeah, clearly there wasn't a lot of passion. You didn't care about each other that much. If you can just walk away, like, oh yeah, it's cool, it's fine. What do you do? You not care about it? And, and I think the Patriots are at this position where they both have had so much success. They've had such a great relationship to this point. I mean, 18 years is absolutely incredible. That an ugly, a bad ending is 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 inevitable. It's going to happen. The, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are going to end very messily and very poorly. One of them is going to be angry and not want it to end because no one really wants your fantastic legacy career to end. I mean, look at this. Think about Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones won many Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. That ended badly. LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the first time he left, people were burning his jersey in the streets. That ended poorly. Joe Montana, the 49ers, traded away Joe Montana. Brett Favre had a horrible ending with the Packers. Uh, Joe Paterno, the legendary, the great Joe Paterno, the best Penn State coach of all time, left with a scandal. It was horrible. It was embarrassing. It made Joe Pa look bad. The greatest relationships in sports often, 95, or I would even say 99.9% of the time, end very badly. Think about the greatest. Brady, Favre, Joe Montana, Joe Paterno, Kobe and Shaq. They all ended badly. Rarely do people just walk off into the sunset winning their last Super Bowl and it's all good and everyone's happy. And that is not what's going to happen with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady is going to end badly. So right now, before it does end badly, I want to say, um, hey, it's been a great run. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but it lasted far longer than many, many other sports relationships. And it's just incredible that they've had this much of a working relationship for that long. I got to tip my cap. It's impressive and it's really, really incredible. All right, the last story of the day is a it's, a, it's a messy one. It's a scary one to talk about. You know, I talked about concussions earlier. This is even more scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about some controversial stuff today. I'm ramping it up and I, I want to be very, very careful. So to be clear, I, I do not want to offend anyone. I, I don't think I'm going to say anything offensive. I, I don't, I never say things that I think are going to offend people unless I say that you know, Alabama sucks or something like that. I'm not saying that, but that would rile people up. I'm well aware. I don't think what I'm saying in this next segment is controversial. Oh, but if it does hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Know that I have good intentions. Uh, I want to talk now about Richie Incognito. Uh, ha- he, it, it was reported, and people are claiming that he was saying racial slurs in the middle of the Jaguars-Bills game last weekend. And, and Richie Incognito is a offensive lineman for the Buffalo Bills. And I want to be very clear. I got to be careful with this topic because race is it's a, it's a tough one to talk about. It means a lot to people. And again, racism's wrong. Racial slurs are not right. It's awful. It should not treat people that way. Um, but what I think is interesting about this story is that the NFL is investigating what happened. That's weird to me. Here's why it's weird to me. It's weird that the NFL has to get involved because this is not the first time we've mentioned Richie Incognito. Um, dealing with racial slurs. He has, there are people that have said in the past, the way, the things he said to them pushed them out of the league, made them quit football. Uh, So Richie Incognito has a history of using racial slurs. What I want to know is, why is it getting to this point? Like, why does the NFL have to come in and step in? Because if a guy on my football team was saying awful things, I'm going to get in his face. Dude, you don't talk like that. I would not allow it. I just think it's weird that we're in a climate. There's, there's an NFL player 
who is saying awful stuff and his team isn't stopping him. Again, if I'm working with someone or if, I, if I'm playing a sport with someone and someone's doing something I don't approve of or I think is very clearly and very obviously wrong, I'm, I'm, stop, I'm putting a stop to that right away. No, we do not allow that on this football team. I had a guy who um, he did, he, he did a, a foreign substance. <laughs> I'll put it very, very carefully. He did a foreign substance on a bus on a way to a football game. And I got in his face, said, you don't do that. Not on this football team. I, I, I'm pretty lenient off the field. You don't do that on the bus, and that's not acceptable. That's not okay. And actually, that guy eventually quit football. He left our program because it just you can't act like that. You can't uh, you can't tolerate that kind of stuff. And I just think it's weird that it's gotten so bad with Richie Incognito. Clearly, whatever you know, the, the fact that the NFL is stepping in just is a weird thing to me. You would think that one of his teammates would say, "No, we don't allow that. That's not acceptable. Cut that. Shit and get out of here." Uh, I said that. Oh, wow. I said that word. I don't, I don't cuss very often. I, I don't think I've ever really cussed on the show. I said hell one time. Uh, there's two. Uh, but the truth is, I mean, really, like, why is it coming to this point? I, I, that's the last thing I want to say. I would never allow that on my football team. And I just want to point out, it's really weird that his teammates haven't stepped in and done something about it already. Because, again, if a guy was using racial slurs, if a guy was doing stuff like that on my football team, I would never accept it. I would get in his face. I would tell him to stop. And the fact that the NFL is, has to come in and you, do an investigation is weird to me. I don't know what the truth is. The truth will probably come out, but uh, I don't know why his teammates aren't keeping him in check, keeping him in line, because I would never allow something like that on my football team. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find Strong Opinion Sports coming this week to Spotify and Google Play. I'm so very excited to expand the amount of platforms this podcast goes on. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Uh, that is how we are growing. We're growing at really rapid, pretty incredible rates. We're, I think, close to getting our first sponsor. I'm working on getting, uh, on having the ability to have phone calls in so people can call in. Um, but I, I really, I am grateful for you guys. You guys are allowing me to chase my dreams and supporting me. And I, I want you to continue to share this with your friends. Whether you're sharing the link through whatever platform you're watching this on right now, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports face-to-face, tell your friends about this show. Um, it's, I'm, I'm so excited to be back. I'm going to re- be recording another episode on Wednesday. We're back on the normal Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. Uh, my schedule is much lighter this semester. I'm really excited. Um, and I just there's a, there's a bright future for this show. I'm so excited for the future of Strong Opinion Sports. As I look in the monitor right now... <laughs> I gotta say, it's time for me to get a haircut. <laughs> I really, my hair's getting pretty long. I don't like it. It's a little, it's a little long. Um, so maybe watch the YouTube version if you want down the road. Uh, you can see my my beautiful face. Just kidding, and my ugly, super long hair. Uh, my name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports, and thank you so very much for tuning in. And I'm sorry to my neighbors, whoever's around me. And uh, the, there's a person next to me. There's a person behind me in the dorms. I know it's it's midnight now. It's really loud. I'm so sorry. I appreciate the people around me for letting me record so late at night. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports, and thank you so very much for tuning in.